Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes favorite intuitive channel, Stephanie Banks. You may remember her as Stephanie Levinston. Now, we won't be talking intuition and channeling this time around, though. We'll be talking divine divorce. And Stephanie just went through one. And we'll be sharing on how others can flip the script on devastating divorce and instead have a divine divorce. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle and 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. Those are found at 1150 KKNW.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And my website to find out more about me is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. Um, so we were I was kind of giggling when we started the show because we have a um, fabulous return guest to Sunny in Seattle that Benny and I know well. That is uh, Stephanie Banks. Uh, you will probably know her as Stephanie Levinston, um, but she is now going by Stephanie Banks, which has a lot to do with our show topic for today on divine divorce. Um, but we were laughing because, um, Stephanie, I'm just going to welcome you, welcome you on informally right now. Cause I'm not going to read like the formal bio that we usually do when, you know, you're doing your very gifted intuitive channeling for the show. Um, but yeah, just welcome, welcome Stephanie. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. So Vinny, of course, knows Stephanie well, and we're all giggling because Jackson, Action Jackson, our beloved little kitty here in this house, um, sometimes will make appearances during certain shows. And I think the minute we connected with Stephanie, he plopped himself right on my desk and uh, I think is enjoying reconnecting with Stephanie's energy a bit here today. And of course, he loves Benny. He too, didn't want but... to be late for the interview. I mean, you <laughs> no, know, it makes sense. He's, per he's perfectly on time. Uh, hey <laughs> Phew. There it's done. Got it out for the day. Ooh, all right. <laughs> oh, Benny. Anytime. Anytime I have a chance, I'll go for it. I know. Of course. Well, anything. Okay. So anything we want to do, the three of us like check in with Benny. Um, I know we were talking about Benny. Um, Stephanie was asking some questions about Benny's life since we've last connected. Oh, no. Be more specific, Sunny. Come on. You can say it. Okay. Oh. I didn't. To, you know, sometimes, Benny, I want to tiptoe gently around the whole we love interest thing. We got this out on the last show with <laughs> Alessandra, so okay. why not? Okay. Give you a ding. Come well, on. Okay. Stephanie, what did you ask him and what did <laughs> Benny say? Oh, I asked him that wonderful question about his love life. <laughs> doobie, and I'll let him doobie, answer because it was wonderful news. <laughs> Thank you. See, you're my agent. <laughs> <She> has... <laughs> Benny, anything you want to share with the listeners? inquiring minds that want to know i mean we're just kind of moving forward doing our thing it's uh yeah i mean really no everything's going great i really have nothing much more to report um you know uh, the girlfriend's uh, moving into a new kind of job title and so we're kind of working scheduling that way and it's really rainy outside right now which is gross but we need it uh, for mm -hmm. all the wildfires and stuff like, like that mm -hmm. every i think it's a great friday to be honest well, I'm glad, yeah. and I just have to point out that this is the first time I have heard you refer to her as girlfriend, Ooh, which feels yeah. like 
a bit of a, you know, that's like solidifying things, man. Well, maybe today's show will help a lot of other people and to, to make that step and give you a ding. Yeah, there we go. Yes. Or, it is a, okay, so go ahead. Oh, I was just going to or my favorite is this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks are good. <laughs> Sunny likes it. You're Stephanie's going to like, have Whoa. to watch the entire series, Benny, to I get the full effect of of Bo. I need your cup. Um, this is from Superstore. That is a, it's a character on the um, sitcom Superstore with America Ferrera, yeah. among other lovely actors. And um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, I Bo need your is code. my favorite. I need your password to get in. I get all of it. For what? <laughs> Just don't tell everybody. Okay. Well, we'll connect after the show, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> See what happens when okay. you, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Stephanie, you thought we were going to be talking about something like serious. No, <laughs> serious. Benny is on fire. I'm loving it. Ah, ooh. <laughs> Please Benny. put me out. Please put me out. Hey. God, this is just rolling. Oh, anyway. no, that was two. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> I thought we got the one out of the way. No, no. You get a bonus. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Betty. I mean, what would we do? Like, it, sometimes, you know, you think about coming on the show and maybe it's like serious or sometimes with some guests, I get a little bit nervous. And then then there's Benny and there's always the laughter and the humor and just the bright spirit that Aww. sets the tone for everything. So thank you, Benny. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you. Oh, okay. So Stephanie, let's dive in for today. Um, I'm going to let you, if you want to just say a little bit about yourself, um, you know, given the nature of our show today, if you want to say a little bit about what you do, or we can talk about, I'd, I'd actually love to share, if folks don't know this, I'd love to share the story of how we met um, in my first experience with you. But yeah, I mean, anything you want to say about, oh, and also keep in mind, we are now, um, you know, uh, simulcasting again in Petaluma. It is a non-commercial station, so we just can't do calls to action on the air. Sorry, I should have said that before we went live, but I'm putting it out there now. Okay, oh, Stephanie, no anything you want to say about you or what you do? <laughs> yes, and I have no calls to action, so okay. no worries there. <laughs> okay, okay. I, know. I, I don't think did, that's entirely I true. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is. We just have to be careful in how we say it. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, actually, Sunny, thank you for having me because I know I was a little bit insistent with you that we <laughs> do this show because what I fully want to do is highlight your work because your work has been so impactful for me in the recency of my life over this last year, but really over the last few years. Um, and so the topic, as everyone knows by now, is divine divorce. And that's sort of a little phrase that I don't know if I coined it. I like to think I did, but maybe if someone else did before me, I'm going to, you know, that's okay too. (laughs) We don't own words. Um, But I just went through a divine divorce. um, And those two words together are not common. Um, And most people who I know of anyways that experience divorce do not call it anything of that nature it's a very um it it has a lot of heavy connotation and because of your work in coaching and because of our connection I feel as though that and a lot of other things that I put into place to allow for me to maintain my divine connection which is absolutely crucial to the work that I do in the world because I'm an intuitive channel and if I cannot connect to spirit then I cannot do my soul's work here so 
that's a little bit about the topic of today. And I'm really hoping to share what um, benefit your work has been to me so that other people will be able to access that as well. Or just consider that maybe their experience, whether it's a divorce or a breakup, or let's just call it a relationship change of any sort, um, how we can support ourselves through that very intense, difficult, challenging time. Yeah, and I really appreciate that. Um, and because, as you well know, Stephanie, this is I my favorite place to be is behind the mic, showcasing the work of folks who really inspire me. Which is why you've been a guest on the show many times um, because I adore your work. As um, I've said uh, to just about anyone who will listen, you know, I you're um, one of those folks who for um, personal intuitive work that you're like one of my go-to folks. Um, top like right like your gifts are um just incredible and it's it's rare to find i think someone who has done as much work and has as high integrity as you do when practicing you know the intuitive arts um so i appreciate you continuing to nudge me <laughs> to do this show <laughs> so that every once in a while we, we do end up sharing what i do <laughs> i'm not behind the mic on the show <laughs> Yeah, and, and so many good points. And I also just have to call out that Jackson, since once you started talking, oh, I've not, I have not had him do this in a long time. He is trying to just be all in the computer and the mic and everything. So if anybody hears anything in the background, that would be my cat, Action Jackson, part of the joy of broadcasting from home. So you brought because your own sound you effect to, guy. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Because... If you try to close them out of the office, that does not go well. See what's happening so there, Stephanie? To... I'm being pushed out of my role already by you a feline. Are being so replaced. this is right. Yeah. I see what she's doing. Slowly well, but surely. In any event. <laughs> um, in any event. Yeah. Um, so when why don't we talk a little bit about, um, well, actually, let me just share the story of how we met and then we can dive into our topic for today and kind of how we've continued to work together um, because you were more um, someone who was um, someone that I was going to for, you know, intuitive uh, channeling sessions for uh, several years there. And then you reached out to me um, when you were starting to make that decision about what to do in your marriage. So it all began, um, we have a mutual friend um, in Seattle who said to me, um, she had a show on KKNW, she may still, I'm not sure, um, but she said, you've got to meet um, this person I've been working with in Florida, her name is Stephanie, and I said, okay, awesome, she said, I think you might, you know, you may want to have her on your show or whatever, and um, I'm, I feel very blessed that now that the show has been going for almost six years, that there are enough publicists out there and, you know, New World Library and Llewellyn and all of the more spiritual publishing houses and those publicists and East West Bookshop have all been very generous in, in sending people my way to promote um, their new books or their work or their events on the show. So that happens a lot. And so I feel, again, very blessed that there are a lot of folks that I get to talk to who do intuitive work. Um, and so I just was connecting with you thinking, okay, maybe this will work out. Maybe it won't. And I was sitting in the waiting area of um, a car dealership in Seattle while I was getting some service done to our car. 
And I had the call schedule and I thought, oh, I'll just take it while I'm at the dealership and, and hear a little bit about what Stephanie does. And instead you got on the phone with me and you said, well, you know, instead of me telling you about it, why don't we just do a reading? I thought, oh, okay. And here I am sitting in the waiting area with my headset on and I'm fortunately facing a wall because you began channeling. Um, and I believe it was my higher self that we were talking to at the time. And I just began crying because it was such a powerful, the, the, what was coming through was just so spot on exactly what I needed in the moment. And I was like, who in the world is this person? <laughs> She's freaking talented. And so the long story short, then you became uh, a guest on Sunny in Seattle. You traveled to Seattle to do Sacred Supper Club events there, which was a, a dinner event that we did um, several times in Seattle among some other cities in the United States. And um, and then you did events at East West. And then you start, you had like such a following in Seattle. You came back and we're just like doing these events anyway. And I just, that's, that was, that was several years ago or more than that. So anyway, Stephanie, it's just been such a joy to, to know you in all these various capacities. But um, anywho, that's how it all began. So do you want to, I mean, of course, anything you want to comment or add to that, and then maybe we can talk about how our relationship developed another facet. And you reached out to me when you were contemplating divorce. Yeah, thank you. I love that story because you just never know when you're going to get a reading. <laughs> you just might be at the dealership or in a dentist chair. You just don't know. <laughs> That'll be the next one. <laughs> Um, I, I love it. And I am a big believer in synchronicities. I believe that the universe is always conspiring to support us and show us the um, miracles and magic that are around us all the time. So I consider that the connection with you to be that. And who knew? I had no idea then that I would have um, a, a need for your services and expertise, which is just all beautiful, the, the tapestry that gets woven in, in, our, in these lifetimes of ours. So when I started to really examine and, and recognize that, that it was, there was a good likelihood that I was not going to be able to repair the parts of my marriage that um, would need repairing in order for it to be a healthy relationship. I just kept hearing and seeing your name um, and was finally like, duh, you know, sometimes it takes us a little while. The guides have to keep <laughs> reminding and reminding and reminding before we're like, oh, right, Sunny. Yeah, she does work in this area. Oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be so nice to have some insight about this? So much early before I really decided anything, you and I started working together with you coaching me and helping me to get clarity of the mind because my my zone of genius is is spiritual connection um and so and i'm human <laughs> just in case we for, we forgot to mention that in my bio um <laughs> so i like everybody else gets stuck in in the mind the mind carries our stories it repeats it repeats it repeats and we we can get very mired down in fearful thinking and repetitive um storytelling and things that just don't serve us so your work has been so powerful for me in taking a look, being an observer, 
of that, of, of what, let's examine what parts of those thoughts are, are true, or if any of it is true, or if it's just something that up till now has maybe served me, and, and perhaps now it's time to let that go, and what might we choose if we chose a different thought, because I also believe that we can choose our thoughts, and when we do, we change our trajectories, we change our reality, we change our experience on the earth plane, we change our internal energy, all of it. Um, and so, yes, when I finally got that message from my very patient, very persistent guides about calling you for this support, um, it all fell into place. And the work for me with you has been so helpful and powerful that um, I know it probably varies and you can weigh in on how it looks differently for all your different clients. But I didn't feel like I needed a whole lot, but, but when I needed you, I really needed you and you made yourself totally available, even almost like day of, I could say, Sunny, I am stuck. Do you have anything today? And you would open something up and we'd be able to move that energy, which helped me to have the freedom of coming back to my self-trust. And I think that's the foundational piece for anybody going through anything at any time. Can we get to a place where we trust ourselves? Our inner knowing knows. Can we listen to that? Do we know the frequency of that? Can we lean towards the trusting of that? And you really helped me in that way. Yeah, that I was just talking to a client about that very thing this week um, because the self-trust component was really not there and the voices of all the other people, um, um, particular family members who have stories about how devastating divorce is and it's your job to just stick it out. It is You do not come here to be happy. You come here to work hard. And so there are a lot of stories circulating. And when you don't trust yourself, then you don't know your own truth. And and my client's truth, um, what we talked about, is very different than the other voices in her head, but without the right tools or just the modalities that you have or that one has to manage the mind without those, man, you're at the mercy. You're just kind of like getting blown around on a big stormy sea um, when you have nothing to anchor to, uh, if you are listening only to the voices outside of you, um, yeah, the self-trust component to me, that's the foundational piece. And then knowing your truth through that. Yeah. And it's really kind of like uncovering that, right? Like it's not, it, it's not this, it doesn't have to be this massive process of, well, now you have to do an hour of meditation every day and now you mm -hmm. have to do this and that. It, you literally can get there through the examining of your thoughts through a conversation, which is, I find very relieving um, to know. I mean, ideally, yes, we would meditate <laughs> during yeah. this time and we would because it helps us to connect to that inner voice of wisdom and to divine energy um but you don't have to believe in all the stuff that i believe in or that you know sunny that you you believe in in order to get benefit from this we can go just the route of thought examination which is beautiful yeah i mean there's a reason byron katie has been uh so um just well loved and her work is just grown and grown and grown um and you can you don't have to be spiritual at all to apply what the, just the, the a simple form of self-inquiry 
it's so, you know, there's those four questions and the turnarounds. That's my favorite go-to for thought work. But I use other things, um, you know, acceptance and commitment therapy and um, Brooke Castillo's thought model and some others, Abraham Hicks and finding better feeling thoughts. But yeah, you as long as you have some type of a tool to examine the thoughts. And, and I will say that part of, I think, um, in my experience, and this is for me on the side of examining my own thoughts, I just this week, for example, had a, um, I had a session with, um, uh, Sarah Landon Mm -hmm. and, um, there, I like, there has been a story circulating in my head that I did not even realize that was creating a lot of low level suffering. And it was like, I do this work every freaking day in my own mind. I question my thoughts. And then of course, with clients, that's one of the primary things that I do. And there was this one belief that was in my head that I didn't even realize. And it took that someone else, a second set of eyes, so to speak, to call out that blind spot. And I cannot tell you the relief that it has offered me this week in having, like, I I just started laughing, like what in the world I should be able to spot these. But so I think it's important that even if you've got your own modality, that you do this with a partner sometimes or a therapist or a coach or whatever that may be to see the blind spots um, that are thinking. And it doesn't even need to be like I said, this was a low level suffering thought. It doesn't need to be like stop you in your tracks, debilitating. Like there are things that are running in the background that we just don't even realize. <laughs> yes. And that is the power of having you on my team <laughs> was mm-hmm. that when I was in something, I remember so a few years ago, I have uh, a dear friend who was diagnosed with a terminal illness and you and I were speaking, um, maybe it was two and a half years ago. Anyway, we were speaking and you had asked me what, what was in my way or what were my thoughts about, um, why I didn't feel like I safe leaving the marriage or what was kind Mm -hmm. of some of the obstacles in my thoughts. And I didn't realize this until you very masterfully repeated what I said to you. But when you you said to me, okay, Stephanie, I hear you. And let me see if I have, if I have this right, what you're saying is, and essentially at the time I was saying, I, I might not be safe because I was witnessing a dear friend go through a terminal situation and my mind thought, I will not be, what if that's me? I will not be okay without marriage partnership. Who, how would I know that I, you know, it was, it was just a fearful coming from that fearful energy of like, I, I won't be able to handle that by myself. I wasn't seeing that First of all, I'm never by myself. Nobody is ever. Right. We are never alone. That can be creepy or wonderful. I choose <laughs> to see it as wonderful. You and me both. We are, we are surrounded by the most loving beings who only want to serve and support and teach and share and help. Um, but in that moment, I was in that fearful place of, of loss and what ifness and hearing you repeat back to me my thoughts let me hear the once i heard them i felt that's that sounds ridiculous now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not judging myself that's just yeah. where i was in that moment um but that's the illustration of how we the thoughts can hijack us you know we we can start to believe in something that really isn't real for for ourselves and what was at risk to staying in something that is not serving anyone really well anymore. Um, that's the risk. 
that's a huge risk um, to everybody, I, I feel. And I, it, <laughs> once yeah. I started sharing more openly and transparently in my um, group on Facebook about my journey, because I, I would show up completely real. So some moments elation and some moments um, devastation and some moments fear and tears and everything, you know, it's just, that's how the waves come, especially mm-hmm. with something this intense of a journey. Um, so many women were messaging me privately and saying, please keep sharing. You are giving me courage. Yes. Yes. That is the only thing that got me through at times. Cause I didn't have much of a spiritual practice. It was all very new to me. And it was the stories of other courageous women and some men, um, who were doing what I was too scared to do. And I saw that they could do it. I saw that they did it and they could feel, you know, the uncomfortable emotions when they were in it. And, and that gave me the courage to keep going. And I will say also, Stephanie, on that note, I, I have always been, I think in my friend group, I, I feel like I don't judge people, you know, and so people, I mean, I'm sure I'm human, we judge, but I guess I think I'm a pretty open-minded person, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so my friends would never be embarrassed to come to me to say, oh, my gosh, I had an affair. Oh, my gosh, I want to leave my marriage, uh, blah, blah. You know, uh, we haven't had sex in five years or whatever it is. I used to be the person that people would really come to. And what I have come to believe as that person, and now I get paid for it, it, I think there is so much misery behind closed doors and there are so many people who are unhappy. And I'm not saying that divorce is the answer for everyone, but you got to do something to address the situation because you, as you said, Stephanie, and I want to bring up this point. Um, I, I talk about this in my book and you talked about it in our pre-show uh, back and forth about how when we are constantly drained by dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships, we are unable to show up for in our, in our fullest, most, energized, purposeful way, because it's just like you only have so much energy in a day. Um, And if uh, 75, I usually ask clients to put a percentage, how much of your energy, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual is going toward maintaining a relationship that is either abusive and dysfunctional, or even just mildly unhealthy and um, unhappy. And I've had people say that 75% of their energy is going toward maintaining this. Now, if 75% of your energy is going toward that, how in the world are you going to show up and do what I believe, like we're all as humans called to do to really live into whatever our soul calls us to be. I mean, and that could be anything small or large, but if all your energy is going toward something that's, um, yeah, just not healthy. How are you going to do what you came here to do? Yes. Yes. And it's depleting and it's draining and it's frustrating. And then we end up carrying all of that energy as well into our interactions and our work in the world. Yeah, exactly. Well, good. I'm glad you mentioned your book because that is something else I want to talk about on your show. So I had the blessing of reading your book. I want to say just before it went into publication, is that possible that you gave me a digital um, version? Okay. Absolutely. So that was, I don't know, two, three, how many years ago was that? 
Um, that would have been around 2018. Um, it was released officially uh, in uh, January 2019. So that probably would have been 2018 that we were looking okay. at that together. Okay. So when I read your book, you know, I was in, I don't exactly remember like what stage I was in, but definitely already in the contemplation of maybe this, I, maybe I can't save the marriage, which I definitely was working on doing. I read your book and the beauty of your book. There's so many beautiful things about your book, but what I like to say about your book is that your book helped me stay married and your book helped me get divorced. So for an entire, I mean, right. Who can like, what book does that? <laughs> I like it. I'll take that endorsement. So Sonny's book is called unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity to unstick your bad marriage. So within the pages of this book are really good tools that I was able to use to improve, to improve the clarity in my marriage, to kind of re regenerate some energy towards, um, I, just improving it really mm -hmm. kind of trying to work some things out so that we were able to keep, keep moving along for a bit longer. Now I'm really happy for that because that, that year and a half to two years, whatever it was, those were, there were some beautiful moments and memories in there. There was some mm -hmm. great connection. There was some wonderful work. Um, and so without having those tools, I don't know that I would have had those moments to look back on and feel really good about. I feel really good about the amount of work that we both put into um, the marriage and and trying to to keep things going in 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 the way that we eventually decided that they wouldn't because it wasn't going to serve. But that's it's it, powerful. Then I read the book again when I was in the process of um, really determining that divorce was the right thing for my marriage. And it helped me from that perspective, again, to apply similar tools, to look at things, to question things, to go a little bit deeper um, and allow myself to have more clarity and more confidence in what was being, what I was moving towards then, which was the choice to divorce. So thank you for writing that. Oh, well, thank you for that feedback. And I actually, I, I should write that down that it helped me stay married. And then when it was time, it helped me get divorced. Yes. <laughs> okay, that covers all the bases. Um, yes. And I will just jump in real quick here. Um, Stephanie, are you okay if we forego our break? Cause I just want to make sure we have time for conversation and we're just totally. doing PSAs right now anyway. Okay. Benny, are you okay with that? Yes, ma'am. Captain. Okay. Forgo break done. <laughs> Easy. Um, okay. So Stephanie, one of the things that also stood out, um, about your process, and I have been noticing this more lately. I actually have, um, one of my very dearest girlfriends in the world, uh, just went through a divorce and her divorce took exactly three months. Yours took mm. two and a half. Now, compared to the old narrative that, oh, my gosh, this is going to drag out for years, you'll be in court, it will be hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees when it's all said and done, um, that was not your experience. And I'm very pleasantly surprised. I don't know if surprise is the right word. I think as we evolve as humans, we are changing narratives on so many things. Um, divorce needing to be nuclear warfare is one of those changing stories. Um, and you have been one of those uh, leaders, I think, out there, front runners, who is bringing a consciousness, um, you know, conscious uncoupling hit the scene, what, uh, five or 10 years ago. But you're taking it to me to the next level by making it divine, like bringing in the really beautiful spiritual component to that. But all that to say, 
you were in and out in two and a half months. How did that happen? Yeah, I know. My head is still spinning. My neck still hurts a little bit. From that. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, thanks to you. When we were talking and I was initially exploring or recognizing that this was my truth, um, you said to me, I want you to look into a collaborative divorce law model. A collaborative law model for divorce. And uh, it was first I heard of it. I started exploring. And what I found out was that that was the right fit, the perfect fit for what I and we wanted to achieve for our family. Because the collaborative law model, and you can speak more to it being, you know, having your background in law, but the collaborative law model basically assembles a team. So each person, um, each party has their own counsel. You hire your own attorney. The attorney is certified and trained in the collaborative model. And then they select a, generally speaking, a CPA, someone who is your financial neutral, they call it, to deal with all the financial aspects of the uh, split. And then you also have somebody generally who has a mental health background, Hello, you need that in a divorce. Yes. <laughs> you can never have too many mental health professionals when you're going through this. Um, and in my case, she was a psychologist. Um, and her job was to, she ultimately navigated the path forward so that if and when we got stuck in some kind of a back and forth that is totally not necessary, but perfectly understandable because emotions run high and divorce is very sticky business. Um, she would say, okay. And she makes sure that everybody got heard. I, I felt so heard in this mm. process. I felt so supported. I felt so seen, um, that she'd bring it back and we'd keep on trucking. And that is how I was able to have such an efficient experience. So from beginning to end, yes, two and a half to three months, I, I can say three months only because there was a delay in the quote court date, which was actually a zoom meeting. Everything in my divorce was done in zoom. That that is also delightful because um, I have a friend who said, I shared this story with that, my community and she said, it sounds like your divorce was like a home birth. And you know, my background, I'm a doula as well. So um, it was, I had like my whole team there to support me through a very difficult transition, pardon the pun, you know, there's yes. transition in birth. <laughs> Yes. And, and they did. And, and never did I feel like I couldn't say something or ask for something from that team. They made space, they made room. Everybody had um, the opportunity to say what was important to them. And then, and then they went ahead and advised us based on what is fair, based on what is um, reasonable. Um, they do not care who's right or wrong. They do not care about any arguments. This, the team, they just want what we wanted, which was resolution. And they asked us in the very beginning, what is your goal? And we each got to state our goals through this process. And they would sometimes, when we got a little off track, refer us back. Well, this, this is what you said that you wanted. So we are going to move forward with this because that's in keeping with what you stated your goal was. The beauty of collaborative divorce is that it keeps you out of, we never had to go and get anything, any other than the final um, hearing, which is just a judge signing off on what we decided, we determined our parenting plan. Yes. We determined our financial settlement. 
together with the team. We did not have to wait on a court to decide what was best for our children or our family because, in my opinion, courts are not good at that. No. <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, they're, to me, courts are the last-ditch effort when people cannot come to an agreement otherwise and they have a, they have a set of of uh, rules that they apply and that have th those rules that have, many of them are archaic or have been in place. I, I do think they're catching up now, but all that to say that it's like a one size fits all if you get into court in many cases. And whereas in, if you are doing these things outside of the courtroom, then you, like you just said, have a lot more um, leeway to create a unique plan that fits your family and its needs. And that's the whole thing with collaborative. You agree at the outset, all the parties agree, we're not going to court. The whole point of collaborative is to try to keep this out of the court and use this as a problem solving model versus a winner take all model. Um, yeah, and it just, I love hearing what you said about it, about feeling seen and heard. And the other thing you just mentioned that I think is important are those you, those goals that you mentioned. And when we're talking goals, like usually in the collaborative process, this is more, I think they're often called high-end goals. It's more like values. And so this isn't like, I want the house. It's more like, I want to act in a way that is compassionate and patient in this process. <laughs> or yeah. I don't want to call my soon to be X names in this process, <laughs> like whatever it is. Yes, you really get to, I feel with this model, you get to keep your integrity. So if integrity is important to you, and it certainly is to me, um, then you get to hold yourself to that standard of this is how I want to behave in the world. This is how I want my energy to be expressed and experienced by others. And it's very easy and a very slippery slope within the context of divorce, because just by nature, you're, you're splitting off from someone that you have been so deeply engaged with and committed to for so long. And you know, each other's secrets and, you know, it just feels so risky. It's just there. That's why all the fear gets stirred up. Um, will I be safe? Will I be protected? And this process really, really does protect, I feel, the collaborative process does. Um, mm -hmm. A funny story, which I doubt has happened to anybody else <laughs> in a divorce ever, I feel very confident in saying oh, this. I can't wait to hear wrong. this. Yes, <laughs> is that within the context of these meetings, so we would have Zoom meetings and when things got sticky, um, I would just request, could we please use the breakout rooms? Because, you know, that way I wouldn't have to uh, visualize facial expressions, body language, or even hear, hear a dissenting opinion, let's call it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from my ex-spouse, because that can really take me off my center. Um, <clears throat> so we would do breakout rooms to protect, again, protect the integrity of what we're trying to accomplish here, which is an efficient and respectful process, and not get stuck or hung up in, in the ego stuff and the personality stuff and the story stuff. And during one of these breakout um, sessions, I was, so there's some waiting time, right? So my attorney and I are kind of hanging out. We are talking about scuba diving and we're talking, like you can talk about whatever you want while you wait for, you know, the financial, the, the CPA and the psychologist to like zoom themselves back into your room. So they were going back and forth to help smooth this process and get us some resolution. So while we were waiting, 
my attorney saw a book on my bookshelf behind me and she said, oh, it, actually the book is called Animal Speak. And it's all about spirit animals and the characteristics of, of these animals as messengers for us. Uh-huh. She said, I, I like that book. And so I said, oh, well, if you like this, then you might like these oracle cards that come with the book. Um, I don't have that deck, but I have a different deck. Do you have any oracle cards? And of course, most attorneys, I would guess... <laughs> do not have or perhaps even know about oracle cards <laughs> and so she fell into that category so she said no i have never heard of those before and so i have about 15 decks of cards so i i grabbed one an animal deck and i said let me show you how they work and and i told her you can ask a question or you can just ask for general guidance um and so I'll, I'll just use it for me and I'll say, what do I need to know in this moment that would serve me in the best way? And then you randomly select a card. They're all face down. You just see where your hand is guided or where spirit guides you to pick your card. I picked a card. I picked the manatee. Which is perfect because I live in Florida and yeah. we love our manatees. Um, but the messaging of the card was lay down your sword. Mm. This is not the fight you need to have. And within that timing, we were in the financial negotiation, which I think for everybody feels like a fight, no matter. I mean, we're so, humans have such attachment and dysfunction around money. Uh, I already identified I'm a human, so I'm including myself in that group. (laughs) Um, And so this will bring out the worst in most people. And so for, and so, so she hears the wisdom of this card that I'm reading and her jaw is on the table. And mine is too, quite frankly, because I, I wasn't expecting to hear that. And now I have to follow it because that's my Oracle card. And I got to lay down my damn sword because that's what manatee tells me. Right. I choose, choose to follow it. And, um, yeah, so that was, and then when the other two people came back into the other two professionals came back into our room, they felt this shift in energy. They even said, Whoa, what, what have you guys been talking about in here? (laughs) It was, it's amazing. And so Collaborative divorce has space for oracle cards. I'm not saying everybody's attorney will be game for it, but I'm just saying if I can experience that, hello, that's, it's a miracle. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I, I just have to say at the outset, like I'm, I'm licensed in Texas. I haven't practiced for years. I was never certified in the collaborative law model in any way, shape or form. It just, that was what we used in my own divorce. And I have to tell you, uh, I, I, I you know, anyone who's heard my story enough knows I, I was in a high conflict marriage. I mean, it, it went both ways. Um, and he was a very, very gifted trial attorney. Like he was masterful, um, at deposing people and, and putting people on the stand and, um, anyway, and he knows how to use the court systems. Um, I'll just leave it at that. And, or he did, you know, he has since passed and I adore him so much, but he was very gifted at, at navigating the court system. And I mean, my gosh, if we had tried to do it the traditional way, I can't even imagine what would have happened. And so anyway, I am a, I'm a proponent of it, not because I get anything like a kickback from the collaborative professionals association, but because it, I have seen it work in my own life. And, you know, I always, 
when it is appropriate. Because, you know, you got to have two parties that are willing to sign on to keep things out of the courts. And I have clients whose partners or spouses are not willing to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's not available in all cases. It's not appropriate in all cases. But when it is, I have seen it work wonders. And you are one of those, Stephanie. So I'm very, very happy that you had the experience that you did. And taking it not just to like a graceful divorce, but divine. Like, yeah. can, do you want to, I, I don't even know what else you want to say about it. Um, you know, yeah. I've got questions, but well, I I'm calling this a divine divorce and I'm creating, you know, I'm just including a bunch of videos on my YouTube channel so that people will be able to try out maybe some of the things that supported me through the process. I do not want to give the impression that I kumbaya my way through my divorce because that's not true <laughs> at all. I, it was, it was the hardest, most painful thing I have ever done in my lifetime. Um, and, and the most transformational. So when I talk, talk about it being a divine divorce, I mean, two things. One is I was able to maintain my connection to divine energy, which as I mentioned earlier is a must for my soul's work. Um, and just for my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health and well-being, I have to be able to remain connected to divine energy. And we are divine energy, by the way. So it's just not being separated from self. Um, that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is divine, you know, means sacred. And in my, the way I define sacred is holy, something that is, it can be elevated to a, a higher place. And divorce, this divorce was, I feel, um, for me, like, you know, I'm not speaking for my ex-spouse or anybody else here, but it was for me. I could, I could feel the support, the love, the goodwill of the team that surrounded me in each mm. meeting, even though they were representing both of us representing like the, the collective where we were both headed. Um, it wasn't a sides taking kind of thing at all. I, and yet I felt as though there was sacredness and, um, and divine energy that was infusing throughout the process. So that's a combination of making space for that, believing in that. Um, and then kind of insisting on that too, with, with the choices that we made in order to, in terms of which model we chose. So I, I do believe that there can be many moments of divinity within something that is even this difficult, this challenging and this painful, because ultimately I feel that it's a rebirth. It's a potential for a rebirth. I feel rebirth. My name is different. Yay. I'm loving that. Um, How did you decide that by the way? I just stopped feeling like my old, like my married name a, a while ago, actually. And I kept hearing it and sensing it. Like, um, it wasn't just that I was tired of spelling it. <laughs> that was part of it, <laughs> you know, for others. But I just, there's something about an identity that we can, we, I, I feel like this lifetime, we're, we're really intensely in it right now. We're peeling away layers, right? So much is getting revealed, whether it is um, the horrific brutality and racial injustice and, and the um, everything. I'm not even going to go into all that. We know yeah. what's happening, but that, yeah. that's always been happening. But now it's coming into the light so we can see it. We can only heal um, that which we can see, that which we can be present to. And so I stopped feeling, you know, identified with that name, connected to that name. 
And then I felt into some other ones and people suggested, oh, why don't you grab a spiritual name? And um, I explored that for a little bit. Didn't quite feel right for me. And I've always loved my original name. Well, one is it's easy to spell. And two... (laughs) I'm super connected to my my dad and his side of the family. And so there feels like this beautiful return to roots, so yes. to speak, my roots. Um, so that's why I decided to bring that back. Yeah. And I have to tell you, Stephanie, um, you know, usually I've had several friends change their name either through, um, uh, you know, a change in marital status or a adoption of a new name that just feels more like them or taking on a spiritual name. You know, I love that people are free these days, much more free to choose what suits them than just saying, well, that's what I was given. So that's what it will be. And this is how we've always done it. You change your name with marriage, your children get the man's last name or whatever. Um, So I enjoy that freedom. But often when someone will then start emailing me or texting me and I see their name pop up and it takes me a few minutes to go, wait a minute. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's who that is. Yeah. When your name showed up for the first time as Stephanie Banks, it didn't even take me. There was nothing there except complete recognition of who you were and going, oh, yeah, that's Stephanie. Like that felt more like you than Levinston did, frankly. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. I love that because I had planned this whole like formal, I don't know, rollout, right? Okay. Now I have to announce it first. So people are prepared. I don't want to surprise anybody with a change Mm -hmm. in my name. Like who who cares? We have so many surprises going on. I don't (laughs) think this is going to throw anybody (laughs) off. (laughs) And then I just was like one night, actually, I had a, uh, I channeled Ruth Bader Ginsburg that night Uh and her message. Oh, it was so powerful and such a call. Talk about a call to action, which I will not make, but it was a call to action into living into the powerful divine feminine, bringing her forward. And after I channeled her, I was like, well, here comes my name. And I just changed it on Facebook. I mean, other realms take a while to, to yeah. do this. So that's in process. Um, social security and whatnot. But yes, thank yeah. you for saying that. I love it. And yeah. yeah, we just sometimes it's just done. It's already done. So I might as well just type in the the new name. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're just catching up on the on paper at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Now, okay, Stephanie, I know we're getting, you know, we've got like five minutes left or whatever, but I want to make sure that we have room to talk about anything else that you wanted to make sure we covered. If not, I do have a question for you. So I'll just see how you're feeling. Well, all I really want to say is that I want everybody to get your book, Unhitched. (laughs) Okay, Okay. no calls to action. (laughs) Oh, right. Dang. Shoot. Oh, we're not going anywhere. Anyways. Unhitched. You can take it from there should you wish to do so. (laughs) You know, I was only applying that rule to myself. I wasn't going to make a call to action to myself, so I thought it was okay to make one for you. Okay. Anyways, I love your book. It helped me in so, so many ways, as does your coaching work. It was profound and continues to be. I plan to continue to use your services, Sunny, because now I'm in the beyond, and the beyond is delicious, and it is light, and it is powerful and beautiful and there's still stuff to uncover and be revealed and there's still um, healing and 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 all of that and so the coaching will continue because that is my commitment to myself to live in the best fullest way possible so that's what I will say what's your question 
Oh, no. Well, first of all, thank you so much. And I, yeah, I, I had a similar, you know, with my, I'll just say with my own divorce that, and I've noticed this with clients too, that when it actually happens, when the set, when things, the ball gets rolling and separate spaces are adopted, 99% of the people that I work with and including myself feel this intense relief. And then there is, there, there are just the things that you have been, well, this actually relates to my question, but it, there's just relief. And now that's not to say my grief hit me hard about three or four years out. And I mean, it was like a racking, like deep, like core in my heart and my solar plexus grief. Oh man. But it was a delicious grief. That was exactly what was appropriate, even though my marriage was not the most functional and it was high conflict. So I'll just say, you know, there will be waves of various feelings uh that come on the on the post side of divorce um and that doesn't it, it's just all part of the process um so i want to make sure i have time to ask you because i've got like now two minutes left so um i have yet to find anyone who goes like starts the process and is fear free like we are human. I have noticed that even if it's the exact right decision, there's usually some fear, even still, even if it's low level. What what do you have to say about if you for folks out there who may be feeling fear? Were you fear free, or if not, how did you deal with it? Oh wow, I had nothing but fear. I just <laughs> felt I, I felt only fear. I felt fear for years, mm-hmm. years, fear for years. That's the title of my next book. Does anyone <laughs> want to buy that? No. <laughs> So I'm not going to write that one, but yes, fear. I feel like put your fear in your backpack and bring it with you because fear holds some wisdom in there. She, her voice, his or her voice is, is intense. It's loud. She, she usually has a bullhorn. So that's not what you're meant to listen to or be guided by, but, but feel into where does it, where is the wisdom in that? What is, what's the fear really, really about? Because our culture nurtures certain fears, the fear of being alone, the fear of being, you know, I I don't know, just all all sorts of things on the outside. Exactly. Not taken care of financially insecure. Exactly. So yes. Oh, I had plenty of fear and I am not fear free right now. I do not know that. I, I, I don't think that's the goal. Let me just say that my goal is not to be fear free. I think that would be a very poor use of my time and energy. My goal is to befriend. Yeah. Exactly. Befriend your fear, um, see what it wants to tell you, and then decide if you're if you're buying in. Yeah, and I feel like I totally interrupted you there, Stephanie. Do you mind repeating what you just said in case it was unclear because I was jumping over you? Oh, oh no, I was just encouraging everybody, feel your fear. It's there for a reason. We're just not meant to be driven by it. Listen for where the wisdom is and then decide how you want to respond. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad to hear you say that. Um, then, then even still hearing what a, a, a positive experience it's been, and it was clearly the right decision for you and your family, even in the face of all of that knowing and all of that evidence, you still have fear and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so put it in yeah. your backpack, befriend it, but just don't let it drive the car to mix a whole bunch of metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are at the end of our hour. Um, so I am um, Sunny Joy, host of Sunny in Seattle. I've been joined today by Stephanie Banks, formerly known as Stephanie Levinston, and we've been talking about divine divorce. And as we bring the show to a close today, any parting message for anybody out there, Stephanie, we've got like, I don't know, a minute, 30 seconds or a minute left. Mm, just listen to your soul. It will speak through you. Trust it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I mean, there are no better words than that for this situation. I could not agree more. Um, okay, so thanks everyone for listening. And um, Stephanie, I would just say, okay, so you're, just in case you want to reach out to Stephanie because you have questions about this, the website is still stephanielevinston.com to find uh, to find Stephanie, um, but she is now going by banks. So we will leave it at that. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming back to Sunny in Seattle in a very new capacity. Thank you, Sunny. You're the best. Thanks, oh, Benny. I, I feel the same. Yes. Thanks, Benny. See you later, everybody. We'll talk next week.